back, everybody. I don't know. What is it? Episode 37? 37? 38? I think it's 37. I don't, do you guys... Someone please tell me if I need to say this at the beginning of every episode. Because if not, I'll just say, hey, welcome to the Just Show podcast. But again, it's a number thing with me. I think I need to like... I need, I need to do that in my head, but I could write that down or I should like write it on my, I have a board here in my office that I could do that for, but I, I digress. Let's get to what we're really doing here. I hope you guys have been digging it. I got another musician coming on this week. I met this amazing woman. Uh, I think in 2007 is when I met her. Uh, we went on a tour uh, to the UK, brand new sim went to the UK for the very first time. We went and toured with a band called Soil. Godhead, it was us brand new sin, and the opening actress, this girl named Lennon. Now, Lennon had been signed to Arista Records, Arista, Arista Records, uh, put out a debut record on September 11, 2001, Had um, another record called Career Suicide, man, she has been through the gauntlet in this business, been to the top and to the bottom and everything in between, and her and I just recently literally reconnected today. Uh, and just started chatting, and I forgot how much I love talking with her. Um, her manager at the time was a guy named Jeff Pringle, who I've had on this podcast probably a little over a year ago, and we talked to music business. Jeff became our manager because of that tour, and uh, we made a lifelong friendship uh, with Lennon, and it was just really good. And I'm, we're, Her and I were going back and forth with these text messages today, and I'm just like, you know what? You need to be on the fucking podcasts. Because let's get real. And we're going to talk some very, you're going to hear some things from Lennon that are just very real. She holds nothing back and she don't give a fuck. And that's what I like about it. And I hope you guys really enjoy this because I have no idea where this is going to fucking go. Ladies and gentlemen, Lennon. How was soccer? Is it fucking over? I have literally two more weeks and I cannot wait. It's never ending. Well, it, it's it's an hour from our house. <laughs> Jesus. So four days a week to practice, uh, one day with the private, and game to be anywhere in the southeast region of the United States. <laughs> That's a pretty broad region. <laughs> yeah, luckily, thank you, thank you, COVID, we've only had to leave the state once. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of loved COVID this year for little things like that. Oh man, I've, I've loved COVID for a lot of things this year, but you know, like not for the, the things that are obvious, but man, a lot of it was just like, I don't have to hang out with some of these people anymore. Awesome. We don't have to talk anymore. We don't even have to see each other. I don't have to go to this place. Yeah. I never had that problem. I don't have any friends. So I already prefaced like, I had to hit an intro, and then as soon as I call somebody, I just hit record. So we naturally just fall in, because I have no agenda when I start these podcasts. Absolutely none. I just like to see where the fucking conversation goes, you know? So, you know, I did a little intro saying how we met uh, in the UK, and, and it was just like immediate, you know, friendship. And then, you know, Jeff became our manager, and then it just, it just kind of pulled from there. Because I think Jeff was the best thing that happened to us at that time, and also the, the most realist the real thing that happened at time. And it made me realize like, okay, this band is fucking done. And I'm going to transition to this other part of my career. And that was the best conversations I ever had with the guy, you know, I remember warm beer, God, warm beer. I tell people about that all the time because he just couldn't, the first night of the tour, we're like, Oh, you gave us a case of beer. Cool. Can we get some ice for that? And they're like, huh? There's no ice in England. <laughs> 
Yeah, when I, I went over with uh, this pop act I worked for, it was like, everyone's like, why are you going out every night? I'm like, this is the first time we have hotels. And we're in like five-star hotels. I'm like, I get a shower every day. I can actually go see Europe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go see everything. <laughs> So, like, I, I basically backtracked and I said, you know, you had a debut record. It came out on one of the most infamous days in the history of mankind. You know, <sighs> September 11th, yeah. 2001, your debut album drops upon the world and so does complete and utter chaos. California driving. We were on tour with Buck Cherry. We were driving. I want to say either I think Sacramento, maybe, or for some reason, maybe in San Francisco. And I remember waking up to hearing everyone's phones going off. I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" Right. And then Jeff's phone's going off, and he answers it. And it's my fucking aunt, who I'm in a huge custody battle with, and I just hear bombs or planes going down and I literally, I woke up and I go the aliens have landed. <laughs> it finally happened. Yes, they're here. Finally. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then we like, we're like trying to get the news. Our cable goes out. We're like on the phone to the cable company and trying to get cable north, northern California on a tour bus while it's moving. It's a fucking nightmare. We finally get in. We see what's happening and it's like are you kidding me? <laughs> Literally, I said, stop the bus. I got off the bus. I started yelling at the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? Of all fucking days. Of all days. And like a cop pulls by to make sure we're okay. And I'm still yelling at the mountain. <laughs> He's like, what is going on? I'm like, dude, it's September 11th. Leave me alone, bro. Yeah. And then I, the, the only good side, I mean, it was a horrible thing. And then we had to start making calls with family and stuff like that. And a buddy of ours calls up and goes like, you need to check your uh, message board. I'm like, why? (laughs) He's like, just get on your message board. I'm like, okay, we're trying to get internet now. And this guy lays out this whole story where like he worked in the second tower and he read all these articles on me. So he decides, I guess there was a record store in the first tower or the second tower, the bottom of it or right near there. And instead of, Going to work directly, he was late, and he actually was in line to buy the record when the first plane hit. Wow! First of all, you're dating, and like we feel old because like message boards. And some people are like, "What's a message board?" Long before social media, there was message boards. Well, well, no, you say next door now. It's it's you know like the app where everyone complains about their neighbors. That was message boards back then. What? Wait, there's an app that you complain about your next door neighbors. Yeah, it's called Next Door. I didn't even know this. Yeah, it's crazy, especially if you're in HOA communities. They go crazy after each other. I just, oh. I go in there just to start stuff, like I used to do on the message board. I don't, I don't even. I'm, I'm, we're going to digress here, but I didn't even like. I don't. Even, I don't really even have neighbors because I live in like a dead end street, and the and my landlord owns both of the properties on both sides. One of them's falling apart; the other one's an empty lot. And like, I don't really have any neighbors, or like so far away that I don't even know they exist. So. But I, yeah, in Florida, we just put our hands out and we touch. 
So yeah, so so let's get back. I mean, but what a, what a great start to like what you anticipated to be. You know, this is it. I'm going to become a rock star. This is, and then the day it starts to happen, that is that a oh yeah. I mean, foreshadowing. They had a full setup. We well, we had a full setup. We had a big piece on TV coming out that night. We had the real world coming out that night. We had everything coming. <laughs> And as I was saying, the guy that ended up getting out, he he's like, I still got your CD. I'm sorry I didn't pay for it. And I was like, you know what? I kind of feel good. At least I, he puts him and his family, stay on the reason he's alive. They actually have a dog named Lennon that they was born on 9-11. And I love reading their Facebook post because they put, oh, Lennon's such a good girl. And I'm like, yes, I am. Thank you. But, but isn't it? But that that is. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even egotistical. Like, literally, this dude wanted your record and it saved his life. That's so weird. I think his, I loved, I really liked him when he said, honestly, it could have been dogs barking and we probably would have loved it, but it was actually a good record. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that would, that, that was pretty much the start of your career. And that's what I was telling everybody. I'm like, you know, on the, on the beginning of the thing, I go, that's how she started her career. And after that, it was just like, you know, this roller coaster. I mean, we can get in all this, but I mean, honestly, on these podcasts, I don't like to like make people relive all this shit because first of all, they, if they want to do their homework, they can easily go down and find all that route. I want to get to the shit. Oh, trust there. me. You can find everything on me. You can find fucking topless photos or everything there. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen them. <laughs> Everyone's seen them. Jeff gave out the the my login to literally everybody. I walked into Roadrunner one day and like everyone's giving me weird looks. And I'm like, yeah, you all got the login, don't you? They're like, yeah. I think I, I think I saw it before I even met you. I think someone gave me a link to the Suicide Girls shoot or whatever. Is that? I never cared. I'm proud of them. Yeah, I love whatever. Them. Man, you, should, you should be. Should be. You know. I don't know. What what a, what a crazy thing. So like. As I was saying, I was like, man, when you got talking today and then I, I intro this, I'm like, the coolest thing I like about you is like, you just don't give a fuck. You know, you, you, you've always done what you want to do, like career wise. After that kind of went apart, you had Jeff as your, the best guy you could have next to your side to be like, well, fuck it. Well, I still continued it. for 10 years straight on the road. I put out two rock records total, two acoustic records, um, two DVDs, a live warp tour DVD record, and then I had two other projects I put out. Yeah, you had well, you had the one that you did with Jason Sukoff. Yeah, Devil's Gift. What was the other one then? It's War, like a five or six song EP. That was the last one. Oh, I don't even know. Maybe I forgot about that one. And actually, did the single for that the last single we did for that actually did with Jay. Crazy. So I mean, it was an illustrious career. And now you're like, and then I worked for a pop back for five years and I haven't blown my brains out. So we're doing good. <laughs> and now, and now what? Now you're just like you said, you're just like, you're, you're out. You're out. Um, I look at it as more as a break. It's, I like my reclusiveness. Uh, the pop thing. I, I love the work. I loved a lot of people I met along the way. The act I was working with kind of just, and the people I was working with, a lot of them just, it just, I had to get out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, the business can do that to people, you know, I mean, I left the business and just went into my own business. I mean, I couldn't walk, I don't know if I could ever walk away from music. It would, it would take something very intense to get me to walk away from music or a lot of money to walk away from music, you know, because. Well, 
well, the pop stuff, I was, and also still trying to do the rock stuff. I was working radio. I had like five people under me for pop radio. I was going into like pop radio stations and I'm like, I, like the week before my first meeting, I'm like researching who a fucking Ollie Mars or Mers or whatever that redheaded Chucky doll is. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know who any of these people are. Well, that's, that's part of where the conversation was today where you and I were texting. It's like, um, the rock world is just like, rock isn't dead. I mean, but as a large, like it's not the main vehicle to where, you know, rock stars, nobody, there is no such thing as a fucking rock star. In your true no, form, no rock stars. I mean, you can say you're, oh, that dude's a rock star. Like the, the term is used so loosely now, but like they're not playing rock music. They're not a fucking rock star, in my opinion. Rock star is Robert Plant. Rock star is fucking, you know, those are rock stars. Not what we it have makes now. statements, whether we like them or not. It's uh, the way I look at it this way. When you put on the classic rock station in 20 years, what are they going to play? What are you going to hear that's going to be like, oh, man, that song made my entire life. Right, right. I said this. You don't have that anymore. Well, the radio station that I work for uh, up here, I mean, I don't work since COVID hit. I haven't been really in there that much because they, they had a real, real rough year getting stuff. So they cut back on staff. And I was only there part time. But they had a festival that went on for more than 20 years called the K-Rockathon. And it was the biggest concert in upstate New York. Just every year, everyone's like, they didn't care who the fuck was playing. 30,000 motherfuckers would show up out of anywhere to come see these acts. But the last few years that they had it before they finally like, well, we just don't know what to do because they they were like, all right, who do you get for a headliner? Like, all right, we're going to get Seether again. You know, like you brought that up today, but I was like, Jesus Christ, Seether played like seven of these. Shinedown played like eight of them. Like you're just recycling these bands. Like, and then you get these two big acts and then you're like, all right, well, who else do we put on the bill? And you know, it's like, all right, well, who else is still together? It's like, they already went through it. And the promoter and I were sitting there one time. They're like, they're done because they're just, there's nothing else left. There's nobody. Yeah. I mean, Nobody there. I went to uh, our big stuff is the Rockville stuff, and I or they all have different names. I don't know the one here in Jacksonville. I went to I think it was like two or three years ago, and the sad part of it is like I'm walking around because I was like also I was helping a buddy out with um, some promo podcast interviews and stuff like that. And I'm walking around for the open. There's this guy yelling because they won't let him bring his leader his not leader like his entire jug of jack daniels in. <laughs> <laughs> and so which i was like really that's stupid you thought you were gonna bring that in <laughs> so he downed the entire bottle <laughs> and, and i'm you know i'm down with downing bottles i've down bottles too yeah, you know i'm have. fine not a, not at 9 a.m in the morning yeah well dude i gotta, I gotta <laughs> make it last all day for a whole day of shows and it's like and that's what the problem is you get the, with the festivals you know I've, they, they don't even remember the shows they just go and they want to party and they yeah. just want to say they're there and they don't really care about the show and it's like anytime we played a festival anytime we played a festival like dude can we go on like second and they're like why because I go everybody's fucking that's the best time to get everybody I don't want to I always say I that's why go, that's why I don't want to be the headliner. Why would you want to be the that's headliner? That's why rock bands always become drug addicts and alcoholics is festivals because you have to sit there all day. <laughs> yeah, you have to sit through 20 what bands. Else, what else are you going to do? I've done it. It's like by the time I headline, it's like, I think I drank the wrong water bottle and that was the vodka bottle. Uh, <laughs> now I got to play? This ain't going to be good. <laughs> yeah. But it is. We've gotten to a point where 
you know, like I said, and I don't, I don't want to name any bands because I honestly like a lot of the newer, there's a lot of great newer rock bands that are out there that I think they're fantastic, but I just don't know. I think there's just, you know, where, where are they going to go? I mean, are they going to, I mean, the closest thing we got to something that's broken through is Greta Van Fleet. It's like the biggest thing that we have. And it's almost like they're a novelty because, oh, they're a bunch of kids playing rock music. They're like, yeah. Like 30 years ago, all those bands were all 19 and 20 years old when they came out. Like, this isn't anything new. Yeah, but new. kids don't listen to it. This no, is they the don't. I'm listening I have a to it. <laughs> None of his friends. Like, like, Adrian listens to crappy rap music, and then, like, he listens to Arctic Monkeys, which I love. And then, like, he listen, he'll listen to, like, ACDC, and he'll listen to stuff like the doors he loves you know and he he loves that old school but there's no rock music today like he was listening to food fighters the other day but it's food fighters 20 years ago yeah 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 my, my, no one's my, even listening to the new food fighters now it's like kids don't listen to rock music and if you can't get the kids in you can't have it evolve no well i mean everyone's being you know my daughter she plays a lot of roblox and like Minecraft and she she's all hip with these like YouTubers and TikTokers and that's where they're like that's where artists are being broke right now they're being broke on those platforms and none of them are like breaking because they're like singing ACDC they're like it's all pop and rap and no it's it's Warhol's 50 minutes of fame yeah (laughs) even I heard it on the Joe Rogan podcast he's like man because he moved out of LA he moved to Austin Texas he's doing everything out of Austin now and he said it was crazy before he left he said all the restaurants around there back in the, you know, 10, 15 years ago was all the rock stars and the actors that were filling these places like, oh, so-and-so is at this place. Now, all the restaurants are filled like, oh, it's all the TikTokers and YouTubers. And then the people are trying to find these TikTokers and YouTubers. I'm like, oh, don't forget the Instagrammers. And Instagram. Yeah. But dude, what a weird, he's like, what a weird world we live in now, you know, but that's, that's the truth. I mean, I'm still listening to rock music. I get excited about Greta Van Fleet, but none of the kids are excited about them. You go to their concert. I went to a Greta Van Fleet concert. It was all old people. <laughs> it was all old people. Yeah. All these shows are. Unless like, like the parents are bringing like their seven year olds, you know, and stuff like that. Oh. It's just. So, so where, where, like, it, it, where do you see this? Where do you see this going? I mean, it's, it's just, it, is it, do you think rock will ever come back or do you think it's just, you know, it's just going to be a, a sub genre that kind of like, Hey, remember the back in the day when rock ruled the world? Well, I mean, everything goes through phases. True. I mean, you look at, um, I remember when I was growing up, I mean, I only listened to pop. Like, you had uh, Ace of Bass. I mean, there were, like, when you were growing up, that's really what you were fed. And there wasn't, you, you, unless you had, like, a classic rock parent or something like that, you didn't really go towards the Pink Floyds and the Led Zeppelins. Like, you kind of learned it yeah. after, like, getting into, like, suddenly Nine Nails or... <laughs> You, 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 like, yeah, you went backwards. Like you discovered something and you're like, okay, now I'm going to start going backwards because yeah. these guys are talking about it, you know? So the thing is like, I hope it comes back, but I think the TikTok, the influencers are going to have to die. Like not literally die. I mean, that would be a free come true. I didn't say that. <laughs> we're, it's, we're in a positive world. I actually, I watched when South Park has marathons, I watch it so I feel normal. That's where I am. Right. <laughs> No, me, me too. Saying things in, inappropriate and politically incorrect is how I survive. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, but it's it's such a weird. It's so weird of a world. I mean, MTV changed everything back in the day when everything became such a very visual. Uh, music became visual in the eighties, and it's never really 
turn back from there. You know, um, the funny thing is, I think if MTV started playing music again, I think it would completely change everything. Then how, how do you, how would people get it? Because no one watches like, well, I mean, they just relaunched what they started Paramount TV and they're showing all that old MTV stuff. They're they're bringing back real worlds and stuff like that in uh, Jersey Shore. But, but that's for I, us. Right. You know, that's for us to live through. I mean, like tonight is like they're showing the stuff for the iCarly stuff. And I'm like, you know, I was never an iCarly fan. Right. Adrian liked iCarly. I was more Hannah Montana yeah. kind of girl. Yeah. So, but it's like now like they're bringing iCarly back. And it's like every scene I've seen for this promo is them drinking. And I'm like, I don't think their fan base, even though they have grown up, is going to like that. No. <laughs> I don't like that. It's just weird to see like something that you... And, and it doesn't change. It's still the same format of this iCarly idea, but okay, now they're older, but we're going to show this by them drinking. <laughs> yeah. It's, and I told Adrian that he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not. And it's because it, it's fun to relive your childhood stuff. I watch cartoons all the time. Yeah. I mean, I live on cartoons half the time. I, I rewatched in the past year. All I've done is just rewatch shit that I've seen a million fucking times until someone tells me, you got to check this out. Someone that I trust. So like, Hey, you got to, or if I watch something, it's a documentary. Like I'm in the middle of watching the new Pink documentary that just came out on Amazon. Because I'm a I watch serial killers. Oh, nice! Anything good for me to check out? Is there what's Are it? serial killers? Yeah. The Night Stalker one on Netflix is really yeah. good. All right, cool. All right, I will. I will watch that. But most of the time, by the time I get to watch TV, I turn it on. It's a you know a bedtime, and I pass out, and it takes me a month to watch a sixty minute episode because I keep falling asleep, <laughs> starting it over again. It's, it's oh, trust me. TV is TV makes me happy. That's my world. Like there's my son, there's TV, which I always say I'm not really sure which one is more important, and then there's everything else. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Music music's gone a music's gone a weird way. It, it's gone niche. This is what I my last A and R guy at Century Media, who's actually still in the business. He is uh, running Prosthetic Records now, which is just it's a very extreme metal label. And him and I check in once in a while, you know, and the most interesting conversation I had with him is that we were trying to renegotiate our deal with Century Media near the end before I left the band. And I'm like, where do you see this all going? And he's like, I just see music becoming just very niche. Or, I guess that's the word. He's like. And he was a big anime fan. He goes, anime exists, right? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you know anything about anime? I'm like, not really. I know that exists, but I don't know. And he's like, and he started showing me websites and fanzines and all this shit. He goes, I'm like, holy shit. He goes, yeah, this is a gigantic world. People are making millions of dollars. You don't even know about it. He goes, this is what's going to happen to music and pop culture in general. There's just people going to thrive in these small niches and no one's ever going to be a household name again. There's going to be very few people to become a household name because growing up, Everybody knew Dolly Parton. Everybody knew who Madonna was. Everybody knew who Led Zeppelin was or Bon Jovi, regardless if you listen to it. But nobody, there's very few household names anymore. No, it's just like, but here's the thing. This is a very U.S. thing. Like, you don't have this issue, especially with rock music overseas. No, absolutely not. We there, know there's that. rock and metal bands that, like, they can't sell five tickets in the States, and they're selling out arenas yeah we have we have a band we have a band just they're from auburn new york you know where auburn is right i mean you're from upstate new york there's the band called manowar like they couldn't fucking play a show in syracuse i mean they probably could but they don't wanna you know but like they try to do a a 
shows here and they do five, 600 people maybe, but then they go over and they have their own festival for a weekend and have 60,000 people each day and they're headlining and their openers are like, you know, I think, you know, Alice Cooper's opening for them. You know, it's got these and on top of it. They get paid for publishing for every person that walks through that door and their opening bands get the percentage of every person that walks that door for publishing. Trust me. I love the pop world. When I was over there, we toured with uh, one direction. I loved it <laughs> as a writer. What a, I wrote on everything. What's, that's a, what's the problem is that we, as Americans are just so very like, we really think the fucking world revolves around us, you know? And, uh, I mean, granted, we didn't, we live in a great fucking country. We have everything here. You know, I, we, we have some things that we just have a culture that a lot of the world looks at. It's not, yeah. it doesn't mean it's the best. We're entertaining as fuck. But like when it comes to music, man, it's just so different over there. Like you, yeah. uh, the, the Vakken music festival every year sells out, the day after the one ends and they start tickets, they don't even announce a goddamn band and they sell 60,000 tickets in an hour. <laughs> Dude, I was lucky to go to Bloodfest one year. We didn't play, I didn't play it. I was just there doing press and it was just like middle of nowhere. They're like, well, do you have a tent? It's like, no, oh, we'll find you a tent. And <laughs> we found, they gave us a tent and stuff like that. And because you have to camp out there because there's no hotels for like 50 miles. And then like, you just start talking to people and they're like, oh, you want some beer? Yeah. Oh, you want to come hang out in our town? Like, oh, let me help you this. Like, it was like a whole different festival idea than what you have here. It's like everyone's just there to enjoy the music. Yeah, it is. I, I, and it took us so long to finally get our festivals here, but our festivals are exactly now we're going to go back to exactly what you said before. Our festivals here are not that people are like, Let's get there at 7 a.m. We got a tailgate. And it's like, dude, the festival doesn't end until midnight. You want to start now in the sun? It's like it's, And then you're there because you said, oh, I was there, not because you wanted to see the music. Yeah, and this is like an old age thing. This is like even at 17, I wouldn't be that stupid. No. <laughs> There's a ba- if the headlining bands who I want to see, I want to make sure I can see them. Absolutely. <laughs> There was one time I fucked up. Like, most of the time I went to the shows and I did that. And there was one time I did that typical thing and I took a bunch of mushrooms and I was like, oh, I'm going to see Rage Against the Machine at um, at Washington Redskins Stadium. And it was a festival all day and I took the mushrooms and I got inside and there was 50,000 people and I freaked the fuck out. And I'm like, I said to my, my, my wife at the time, my ex-wife now, she, I looked at her, I'm like, we got to go. She's like, why? I'm like, because I freaked the fuck out. We had to go to the medical tent and then I had to go home. <laughs> I didn't even get to see Rage Against the Machine. Paid, spent all this money, you know, and I was like, well, that's the last time I do something stupid like that, you know, because now I got to wait until next year to finally use the tickets that I bought for the Rage Against the Machine tour that was supposed to happen last year. It didn't happen, so... Yeah. And I mean, I love music. I mean, I love, like, I, one of my favorite shows in the past couple of years was I got to take Adrian and his best friend to go see Climate. Big brown, big ranch, shows about all her friends. One day you know that people try to live in search of getting you up with cyclone fans. Along came 
when the old bad boys had her hand in that ass man. And it was, okay, I was a little lazy, like, I was actually able to go sit upstairs and get a seat, so I was kind of happy about that, because <laughs> I didn't have to stand up the whole time. Yeah. So I left, so I let him and his friend, I think they were like maybe 10 and 11 years old. <laughs> but Adrian's grown up in this, this I mean, he was on yeah. the road with me until he was four and a half, so yeah. I have no concern, like, and so I left them down the pit, because they wanted to be a frup. And it was an amazing show. And I think the funniest part was afterwards, Adrian's like, oh, let's get some Wawa. And I'm like, oh, you want Wawa? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, contact high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he got the munchies. The He's got the munchies. Like, if you're drunk, you want Taco Bell. Right. If, you got the, if you're high, you want Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. I have a hard time after all the years of being in the business. I have a really hard time going to a show and just truly enjoying it as a fan. It, it like, I have to work at it to get myself in the headspace, whether on the way there, or if sometimes it takes me some time to just become a fan. And then sometimes I spend the whole show just like, well, that's look at how they rigged the, the line array there. And, Oh, there's the lighting director and I'm watching what the sound guy's doing and I'm looking at everything else and I'm like, man, I'm, if I've forgotten how to enjoy a show, it's really fucking hard. Do you have that problem No, too? I have I have the same issue. My issue is like, how do they load in? How do they load out? How's this <laughs> set up? Yeah. I, I've always loaded my own gear. Like, that's one thing everyone knows about me. Yeah. I have always loaded my own gear. I mean, I go, we would do shows and I'd be talking to crew and like setting stuff up. They're like, Oh, how long have you been with them? I'm like, Oh, since the beginning. So like that. And it was a conversation. And then like, just be like, Oh, sound check. And so I go to the mic. They're like, wait, what? I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm the singer. They're like, then why are you doing this? I'm like, cause I'm quicker than everyone else. Right. <laughs> and I, I know. How, I've, how I've always done the crew done. stuff. I, 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 I've always enjoyed it. I like the setup. I like knowing everything's safe and everyone's okay. And so to me, it's like, I go to a show and I'm like, Checking like what the board is, how the guy's running it, how the lines are run. Oh, did they load that in right? How are they load that out? <laughs> that, that, <laughs> it's really also, annoying. It also gives you a chance to get uh, in tune with with the venue you're going to play at. Because what if you were just like, well, you don't have to. Some guys, I mean, I've seen some bands. They 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 sleep until an hour before they go on stage. They haven't been. They didn't go. To, they didn't have the sound check. They didn't have to do anything. They wake up. They put their stage clothes on. All right, which way do I go to the stage? And they get up on the stage, and and then they get off the stage and get right back on the bus. It's like, man, you had no chance to like catch the vibe of the day and the room and the stage and the sound. I'm like, oh, I I would I would tape the front of the stage so I don't walk off of it. I <laughs> check everything on the stage. Make sure you know there's no like loose boards. I mean everything just because like it's since I'm short, it's kind of really hard to put back on a 10 foot stage. And it's really embarrassing when security has to lift you. And yeah, that did happen a couple of times. <laughs> well, I can imagine like, especially in the, I mean, well, how you were young when that first record came out. Were you even 21 when that record came out? Oh no, I was, I made the record when I was 18. I got signed. Um, so my mom died four days after my 18th birthday the day after she died, I had a meeting with the record company in my house who didn't know that she died because if they would have known, they would have canceled the meeting. Yeah, yeah, like, I can't cancel this. <laughs> yeah. I got signed, like, two months after that. Um, started making the record, and the record came out when I was 19. I was the baby, which is, it was weird when I started working with younger people because I was so used to being the baby. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden, you being the older person in the room and the person with all the experience and everything like that, it had to have been a fucking kind of a mind fucking away a little way. Yeah. 
Yeah, a little bit, but I still act like the dork that was running around in like supernatural <laughs> Harry Potter clothes and Hannah Montana clothes and literally watching cartoons all day. You're, you're always going to be that way, though. You're going to be 90 and be that way. And then you're going to have a complete excuse to act that way. And no one's like, oh, they're I, fucking I look old. at it as like, I'm like Michael Jackson, but without the pedophilia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like he just never grew up. You just never grew exactly. up. Exactly. So, I, mean, I get sad sometimes. Like when I go to a gas station, I look over and I see like another person I can tell is a mother. And I look at her and I'm like going, that poor woman is not wearing one Harry Potter thing on her. <laughs> like I, I want to go hug her and go hug her. tell her. And it's okay. You can show it. Wait a minute. It's okay. There was a moment that I don't know why this is coming <laughs> to my head. I end up. I got out of our little bus and I slept. I went, we were in between a date in the UK and Jeff's like, why don't you come sleep in our bus for the night? Come, come ride with us, Joey, Joey, come ride with us. Get out of that bus. Come ride with us. So, and I remember laying and I remember waking up and Jeff getting in driving. He's like, I think I said, just called JK Rowling or some of the person that wrote, like he think he saw the author, and I think he popped up. Do you remember this, or am I the fucking hallucinating? Not me, because I didn't know who. I only got into Harry Potter like four years ago. Because oh. here's here's a funny story. I bashed her. I'm a I'm a book snob. I'm a fucking arrogant classic book snob, and I am I have no issue with the mini map. And about four years ago, I had a really good friend. And I'm a huge supernatural fan. Like my TV show, I have my the tattoo. I have the guys in my bedroom. My everything. And he was making fun of me for Supernatural and he knew about the show. But I couldn't intelligently insult him because I didn't really know anything about Harry Potter. <laughs> so I read the book, so I did audiobooks, and then I watched the movie with Adrian and I did all of them so I could intelligently insult this guy and I ended up becoming absolutely obsessed. Oh, crazy! No, my, I'm gonna have to have Jeff about Jeff about that because I just I don't know what lodged in my head. I just remember laying in that van or whatever the hell you guys had in the UK, and I just no, oh, I'm never being sick as hell in Ireland. I was so depressed because all, all I wanted us, to see was Ireland. All of us, and I remember being like, got sick. I was like, someone can someone lift me out 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 of my little bunk, please, so I can at least look outside. <laughs> I came, I came home from that tour and I slept. My girlfriend picked me up at the airport. She said, come on, let's go out. And we went out for like one drink and I'm like, I gotta go. And I took a cab home and I slept for like 19 hours. I was so exhausted yeah. from, and then we were only there for like three and a half weeks, but holy shit. We, That's what I'm saying. Like when I went over there in the five star hotels and like actually could like go and do stuff. It was like, I was just like, I'm out. I'm going. My work's all done. I'm going out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like you, you don't get it. I've been here when it's freezing cold, when you can't leave. All you see is a venue. I haven't seen any of this place. I've been here like four times. I've never seen anything. I've never <laughs> seen anything except the load indoor and like, you know, the, the flawful place around the corner, right? Was it? Oh, God, yeah. So let, let me ask you this. Your favorite tour that you ever did. Doesn't matter whatever project you did, not anything to pop. Like you personally did as an as an artist. Like, would you, you 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 did a lot of crazy different tourings. I mean, I saw you open for Bat Benatar, and I know you've opened for big rock acts and everything. Like, what was your favorite one? Do you have one? The favorite has to always be Alice. Yeah, because that was such a family tour. I've heard. Like, that. I remember. One day, like, um, well, my sister, this is where Adrian, my sister was eight 
when we started touring. So she was like eight, nine. And I remember I couldn't find her. And I was a little concerned. And I, like, I go up to Alice's daughter. I'm like, Callie, Callie, have you seen Mary? And she's like, no, but let me check. And like, she gets on the walkies. And literally, you could hear the walkies going through the entire amphitheater. And then suddenly you get like someone over in like the field going like, oh, we got her over here. She's good. Yeah, you aren't the only one that said that. I've had a few people, my friend Rayan, who was in, he was in uh, uh, Wednesday 13 for quite a while. Um, he toured with Alice, uh, another band that we were on an early label with. They toured with Alice and everyone has that same reaction. They're like, Alice Cooper was the best tour. Like it was a family tour. Oh, yeah, and I'm so degree. close with Callie and them. It's great. And, I, and like just a, just a professionally run show and it's Alice Cooper and it's got to be entertaining as hell to just watch that show happen every night, you know? Yeah. Actually my favorite was when we did the run with him where he didn't do all the props. It was cause it was such a different thing. He had never done for him just to play a show with like very minimal props. And it was really cool. Wow. He must have, he probably just wanted to see if he could do it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I mean, I've only had, I can technically only think of one or two bad tours. <laughs> All right. So what was your worst tour? Um, a worst tour was a CKY. Oh God. I could imagine why I'm just guessing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in my head. Why was it because of the band or was it just because of the whole experience? It wasn't the whole band. It was the lovely guitar player, I believe, ah. who I found out had also made the other, because like a couple other bands had dropped off right before we jumped on it, and we started to find out why. <laughs> like the first night I meet him, he's like, oh, so you're a Le- John Lennon fan. I'm like, and he's like holding a thumper bat, which if you know what a thumper bat is, what uh, oh, yeah. truckers do to check their tires, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like just hitting around. He's like, so you're a John Lennon fan. That's why it's the name. I'm like, actually, my mom named me that. And actually, I'm not really a Beatles fan. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. So I don't know if that said it off, but every night it was this continual of like trying to get us kicked off the tour are trying to move us because we were direct direct support trying to move us to opening and so and it was like it was so exhausting it was like what the fuck it was only him the rest of the band never said shit which was like even more kind of like what the fuck guys you know and so it got to the point that we were in Fort Lauderdale and god I what's the club's name Give me one second. What the club in What's the club in Fort Lauderdale? The one you played, I played. Culture Room. Culture Room, yep. Still there. And yeah. And it's like I had just fucking had it. Okay? Fucking crowds packed. By the way, CKY tour only brought in fourteen year old boys. Really weird. <laughs> It is weird. Well, they were all like the, so, a lot of them found their way because they were the, the jackass connection and Bamajera and yada. Yeah. But I mean, so I'm getting ready to go on stage and Jeff's like, just do it. And I'm like, what? He's like, just do it. And I'm like, <laughs> he hands me a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Cause it was getting really bad. Like stuff's going back through the agents. There's arguing. And it's like, no, I'm not moving it's like that. 
I'm like, fine. So I go on stage, or I'm playing this show, and I'm doing this bottle jack on stage. And so you see, like, that, you know that low point where you start talking to the crowd? Yeah. And I'm like, well, here's the deal, guys. There's this motherfucker here that says, I don't put on the hard enough rock show. Says, I can't handle it with up here. I don't know if it's on female or what, but let's hear, let's do this. How about I see the biggest fucking mosh pit I, you've ever done, and I'll show you my fucking tits. <laughs> so Bingo. this is like this is like halfway through the show. So this ain't near the end. So there's like I think five more songs, okay? So Mosh Pit's going crazy. It's a fucking killer in there. I'm drinking this bottle of Jack. I end up doing this cool move, I think it is, where I pour like start pouring the jack on me. By the way, always close your eyes tightly when always, pouring liquor. Always, always, yes. Yeah, that burns. <laughs> so do all this. By the end of the show, no one remembered the topless comment. <laughs> no not not even one like Hey, you forgot to show your tits like from the way back of the room. Cause I mean that No, 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 no nothing. So I'm going off the stage <laughs> and I'm covered in Jack. And like, I, I actually, I, I played half the, sh- the like last two songs just a bra, which is no, actually nothing weird for me. Right. And like the owner's holding, like has a towel out for me. And I'm like, Oh, wait a second. I go back out, fucking lift my bra, show my tits, walk back off stage. <laughs> no one expected it. So there's no pictures. It was so like, no one cared anymore. <laughs> huh. And then the owner carried me off stage in a towel. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I went back to that club like five, six years ago, and I'm hanging outside smoking a cigarette. and And they keep their people; they don't get rid of the people. And like, yeah. and I have like blonde hair at this point, so like that short hair. I'm working some pop acting, and the guy comes out and he's like, "Still the best show we've ever had." I'm like, "Excuse me." <laughs> he's like. I was running security nights till the best fucking show we've ever had. <laughs> That's great. I love, I love venues like that, that have the people like, like even like when you roll through the machine shop now in Flint, Michigan, mm. it's still the same people that have been I love there. that venue. Yeah. I'm actually, I've been wanting to get Kevin on the podcast. He's been busy trying to get the club ready to get back open because I mean, God, that that's the same yeah, club. We, like you rolled in, it was always the same. It's the same people still work at this club yeah. after 20 fucking years. Like, try to find that somewhere else. Try to. The sad story, though, of that whole thing is the next day they started giving us shit again. Yeah. <laughs> and we did one more show, and it really sucked because we had gotten an offer to go out with Clutch, like in the middle of it, and we didn't take it because we had the commitment for this. Oh, damn. And the day before the last show, the CKY thing, I just, I just said, no, I'm not doing it. I've never can't, I'm done. I, I'm not going, like, I just can't. And the funny thing is their manager, the tour manager came in when I, we said, like, we're not finishing the last show. I think it was like, a, it was a big drive. So it was like, no, it's not worth it. And their stage, their tour manager comes into our hotel room and is like, hey guys, can you give me a ride? It's like, okay, where is like to the airport? I just quit. Uh. <laughs> He's like, I've seen a lot of their shit, but what they did to you, no reason. Cra- you, you wonder why, you know, you wonder why sometimes. I mean, I get some people. Are, I mean, as we all know, like for a long time, I thought some people when we were first doing tour and where I was like, man, man that, that dude's an asshole. But then I'm realized as a tour when I'm like, no, they're just very completely socially inept. And, you know, I, to not use a 
completely un-PC term, but it's socially retarded. They're just not, they don't know how to react. And when they're on stage, it's one thing, but off stage, they didn't know how to act. So it's like, okay, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But like other times, like, what is their problem? Like, what, what do you Well, like, we, we toured the cult a bunch, and I heard, I've heard horror stories oh, about touring the cult. We, that was the last tour we ever did, and I, I, I hate Hated him, except for John Tempesta. The drummer was, John was awesome. We hung out with John every day, but the rest of the guys, oh my God. See, we had Matt and stuff like that. See, but to me, that was my first tour. They always were so good. They took care of us. Like, Ian used to steal my sister and the dog and feed them sushi. So it's just, but I also maybe credit to the fact that I once spent two hours talking to Ian and not having any idea who the fuck he was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was crew. <laughs> yeah, well, and that was like the second night of the tour. And I think maybe that might've actually helped because I didn't care. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I mean, but that's the funny thing. Like they were, they were always good to me. Like they always took good care of me and they took good care of us. But I heard, I've heard nightmare yeah. stories. Well, then people. it's not, they didn't treat, they didn't treat it. Their, their people treated us well. The band themselves were just very <laughs> off putting towards us. And like, we weren't trying to like, there was times we, I mean, you know, we had guys in my band, like if you're going to poke them, like, we're just going to fuck with you. You know, like we're just a band of, we're going to fuck people up. If I mean, I've, we've had guys walk off in the middle of, um, the middle of a, a show or one of our guitar players go down and beat the shit out of somebody in the audience, you know? So it's like, Oh, we had that too. That's <laughs> so fun. Man. If we I think we've all had that. It's not a proud moment, but we've all had it. <laughs> Mine sadly happened with Alice Cooper and it was like, Oh my God, Oops. we're kicked off this tour. <laughs> yeah. Ours was just some stupid show that we were playing as an in between in like Louisville, Kentucky. And they just gave us a shitty day. We had a shitty day. So oh, we, yeah. There was a lot that happened that day. That's a whole podcast. My so. memory, though, touring with you was what happened uh, to the bass player. To was that in Chelsea? Yeah. Um, and him, yeah, well, him that, playing the show in Nottingham behind the curtain because he didn't want to come out. <laughs> well, second of all, remember how small that stage was? That was a super small stage in Nottingham. But the, yeah, the night before, I tell people that it was nuts because he ended up disappearing. I don't remember what the day before was where we were. I wanted, it wasn't Chelsea. It no, was, it wasn't Chelsea. I warned my guys because when we went there back, it was, um, oh God, it, I spent, uh, St. Patrick's Day there. Yeah. Because we all, we all went to that rock club afterwards. And then, you know, basically for the people who listen to my bass player, Liverpool. yes, it was in Liverpool. Thank you. Because then Cause I warned my guys because we were there for um, St. Patrick's Day. Oh boy! And I kept I we I stayed out with them. I think I stayed out with them until like four, and I was like, I'm done. But here, you guys need to stay with these people and make sure they get back to the room. Yeah, because our, our our bass player ended up going with a couple of girls. We were all going back to the buses and everything else, and then he didn't show up. We're like, where the fuck is he? And none of us had cell phones or anything like that, and. He had gone to a place to get something to eat, and, and these soccer hooligans just started shit with him out of nowhere. You know, I'm sure my Chuck being drunk, I mean, Chuck Chuck would be an instigator, but I don't think he would have done it on purpose to start it. He would have known better, but once it got going, then he got his, yeah. he had a broken orbital. I mean, his lip was split. Oh, it was that. I remember. He was, he was hemmed the fuck <laughs> 
up, man. I felt so bad. We still talk you to this day. But the, the fucked up thing is that, like, I remember sitting at the hospital with the guy that was tour manager. Remember Luke? Luke Bell. Was, yeah, uh, was, uh, I love Luke. I saw yeah. Luke on um, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. He had Adrian out, and now Adrian is the biggest Red Hot Chili Pepper yeah. fan ever. So Luke and, I, Luke and I are sitting in the emergency room. I'm like, Luke, like, how much is this going to cost us, man? Do we, you know, what do we got? You know, like, what are, he's like, going to cost you anything. I'm like, no, no, we got to pay for this. Like, I thought he was trying to pay for it. And he's like, no, I'm not paying for it. I'm like, well, who the fuck's paying for it? He's like, you know, it's, it's healthcare here. I'm like, but we're not citizens. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I need to get injured and go over there. I'm like, the what? Funny, <laughs> the funny thing. Let me tell you about the Nottingham club though. Okay. So, a couple of years back when I was on tour with um, Cameron with One Direction, um, uh, oh, Drowning Pool was playing the same night. Yeah. So CJ came out to the show, which was hilarious to CJ at a One Direction show. Why, that's the only reason why I want to go. If I said, everyone's like, well, do you miss touring? I'm like, well, I mean, obviously, I, mi- I miss playing different stages. I miss going in and, like, proving myself overnight or, like, you know, meeting fans that I probably would never meet again. Like, I miss those things. But, like, part of it, I, I like, really don't miss the other, the, the other, you know, 22 hours of the day. But I would love, if I ever went back on the road, I want, like, to do exactly what you did when you went to Europe. Like, I want to go and experience these places that I didn't really get to experience. So, like, oh, you were in Seattle, you went all these places. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't see anything. I saw a Motel 6 shower in the venue, and that was it. And I had no That money. was the good thing about when bringing Adrian on the road, because it actually forced us, even in the States, to do, like, when I was still touring, like, you know what, let's go to the Philadelphia Zoo. And it was like, yeah, we're going for Adrian, even though all of us kind of like want to admit that we always want to go. <laughs> but Adrian wants to see monkeys. So we're taking Adrian, you know, it kind of forced us to stop and do the things that we always wanted to do that. We kind of never had that excuse yeah. to do. And that was kind of the fun thing of having a kid on tour. And the guys also taught him to get beer out of the beer cooler for them. So <laughs> I've, th- I've thought about that as my daughter gets a little older because she's seven, she'll be eight this fall. And I said, you know, maybe when I get older, 
you know, and then I just take the summers and I get an RV and her and I just kind of hit the road for a couple of weeks, you know, and I go play these places because now that I'm building up this fan base on Twitch, I have fans all over the friggin' world. I've been able to like work markets. Now I can work markets without ever leaving my house, you know? So you build all these, it's a to- completely ass backwards way of what you had to do back in the day. I'm like, well, then I could go do these parties and events and, and all this other stuff, and I could bring her along with me. And I've already gotten past the stage of wanting to do the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and I could go out there and just have a really fun experience this time around. You know, I mean, it, it was great. I mean, it, it was funny. Like, there was tours with the pops of, like, where he remembers more, like, where crew would have him loading stuff because he was so comfortable backstage. He's only, like, five or six years old, but he can put stuff in a drum bag, you know? But they weren't worried he was going to trip or, like, put something in a socket because he's been on the stage since he was two months old. <laughs> that's why he has the perspective that he does. You know, that's why you can take him to a Primus show and not have to worry about anything, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I did realize I did one good thing as parenting because I've noticed, like, like I have full memories of when I was an infant, like, from, like, one, two, three, four, like, full really? memories. A lot of trauma, but I have full memories, right? right? And most of that comes from traumatic experiences. You start to remember stuff. I realized the other day I did not traumatically fuck up my kid enough because he goes to me, <laughs> do you know truck stops, like some gas stations have showers? And I'm like, yes, because you spent the first four years of your life in one. Your favorite thing was to run around them, especially when they're slippery and scare the shit out of bees thinking you were going to bash your head in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beef. Which, by the way, beef, my, 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 my love, my assistant, my everything. And honestly, after I had Adrian, I could not have toured one day without him. I tried for like two weeks and then literally called him up and said, get on a plane, yeah. get on a bus. I don't care how you get your ass here. For the, I need you. And he's for, like, yeah, for I've the, never taken care of a kid. And I said, it's easier than me. It's, drunk. It's, yeah. You've been dealing with me all these years for those out there. listening, Beave is our, uh, as I mean, he's been your everything for you. I mean, your merchandise guy, the guy that like ran social media sites for you and all this stuff. And he even, he was my first email. Yeah. And then he, uh, he, we took him out on the road on one of our last big tours with typo negative. We brought him out to do, um, merch for us. And, and then he just became this guy that was like, he does merch for a lot of bands now and that's what he does. So it's like, he, he's out with seven. He'll be out with seven dust. I mean, he, and he is the best and trust me, there is, I could not have kept touring. I could not have done what I needed to ever do if it wasn't for him. I wish we had met him sooner. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was mine. I know he was. <laughs> and he just, you guys just happened to not be doing anything in that time period. And Jeff's like, hey, man, he'll just go out for a per diem and a percentage of your merch. And we never sold more merch than what we did when we had him out there. It was so nice not to have like, oh, dude, you guys got to go out to the merch or you got to count the merch. You got to do this. I'm like, dude, he was on point. Like if I, again, if I ever go back on the road, I need someone like he's one of the first people I'm hiring by far. And if you need someone to tape your kits with um, tape and put you in a corset, he will do it. And then when you realize you don't want to wear it, he'll begrudgingly take it off. (laughs) And I don't think he's aged. Like I see pictures. I'm like, he came. No, he has it. He came through town once. He like he texted me at the last minute. He's like, "Hey, I'm at the this is a couple of years ago." I'm like, "Dude, what are you in, in town for?" He's all oh, we got an off day. We stopped here in Syracuse. I can't even remember who he was with. I'm like, "Yeah, man, let's go get dinner." You know, met up and had dinner. But I'm like, "Dude, like you're still you still got your Chicago Bears hat and I'm like, what 
what have you done? Like I have. Well, I, they change. I have one, so they change throughout the years. Oh, they have. <laughs> yeah, there's about I think like a seven year span oh, on them. I got one, turnover. so I keep it. Yeah, turnover. So, so what's I mean? If you come back to music, if and I'm sure you will at some point, like. Do you have any idea what it's what, what in what carnation it would be, or is it going to be you know a, an extension of what you've been doing before, or is it going to be something different? Like what what do you see? Do you, well, do you think well, about here's it? the thing with me. well, here's the thing. I got a lately. I've got a lot of people get this misconception that I stopped playing because of Adrian, which I think is hilarious. I'm like, and the people that actually saw me tour, I'm like, you do realize I toured for four and a half years with him, right? <laughs> so I don't that was not the reason why. And then I also did this and I did that. You know, it's like, it's not my fault. You haven't caught up. <laughs> right. That's your, that's um, on you. For me, the last project I did, the it's war stuff. That probably is my favorite is the closest. I mean, devil's gift is so much me, but it's war is that, intermediate between devil's gift and Lennon. Yeah. And I love the music and I really, really wish I could have made something work with it. It's just, I've never had the luck of finding the right people. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you had, to work you, with. yeah, I mean, well, you, I mean, it's not like you didn't, you did. I mean, I mean, you think about it. I mean, you, I mean, where would you have been without Jeff for one, your manager? Well, I'm not talking about Jeff. I mean, I can't get rid of him. Right, I mean, right, he's, he's I mean, still around today. Like I still, we run a business together. I mean, right. But, like, for that. but what, what, what do you mean by the right people then? What do like, what was like, what do you think is the, the teams that are around you, the labels that you were at, the agents, Touring is really hard, as you know this, and yeah. most musicians know it. Finding the right band members to stick with. Yeah. That want to stick with me. Yeah. Because That's you, always been an issue. It's, it's, because you, it, there is a lot of issue more with, because Lennon originally was always Lennon, even though I always included everyone. <clears throat> So it wasn't like we're four guys in a, you know, in a garage, you know, <laughs> we started this from the beginning. It was me. And then I brought people in and then just trying to find the right people. And it just the chemistry it never worked. Yeah. Some pe- like if I, if I, if I put out an ad right now saying, Hey, Lennon wants to go out on tour. The first thing people are going to ask me is how much. Yep. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Well, I don't have anything, but you want to go, you know? Yeah. But like, Oh no, you're Lennon though. You have something I'm like, I, I don't know why you think that though. There is a site that's a celebrity site that says I'm single and I'm worth a million dollars. Nice. So maybe if I was single and had no kids, I'd be worth a million dollars. Yeah. Maybe I think that too. <laughs> like your net worth, like a celebrity net worth site says that you're single and you have a million dollars. That's amazing. And no kids. I'm like, well, I guess maybe. <sighs> It just, I've never found that right family, I guess. Yeah. That's tough. Especially it gets older. You know, I tell people like, you know, like that's why you can hire these. I mean, you see some of these older bands that like have one or two members and then they got these constant rotating casts and they're just younger and younger. I mean, the band, that band that they are is older. And then you're like, man, they have all these young kids in the band. Like, the first thing I noticed, I saw Air Supply a few years ago. They were playing here at the New York State Fair. And I was totally stoked. I'm a 
huge Area Supply fan. So my friend Stacy was running the show. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to come backstage in between the sets. I was playing on the other side of the fair to watch Air Supply. And I get up there and the two guys from Air Supply that you see right there and their band was all these like 20 year old dudes. <laughs> and by were, the way, I'm not bashing any of the guys I played with. You know, it's no. just sometimes in our lives there was, there are some people I will fucking bash. I really don't give a fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> First off, if you have night terrors and you hate touring, then why the fuck do you join a band that's touring? <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, that was a fun drummer. Now he tours, and I'm like looking at it, going like motherfucker. But yeah, so that's what you meant. So, so if you came back to it, you would just try to make sure that you have the people around you that you want to be with. You and know? I've tried. I've gotten close. I mean, I've, I've. It's just. I don't. I don't see a reason why. Yeah. Maybe that's, and I, I've said everything I've had to say, and. I mean, I love the It's War stuff, which you should check out, by the yeah, way. I'm going so as soon as we get done. I'm like, now I'm just like, I'm so interested because I'm so familiar with everything. Or now it's going to like really fucking backfire because you're going to be like, why is this not out? <laughs> <laughs> and then yes, I have to deal is. with that whole scenario, which has come from a lot of people like, this is your stuff. Yeah, but and it, was, it was great. This is it, the, I loved it. This is the beauty of what the world is now. Like something like that could sit for years and then somebody stumbles upon it and then all of a sudden it becomes a thing. You know, like back in the day, you had to wait for a DJ to like find a song that was a couple years old and they start spinning like Dream On was, you know, someone started spinning it years after it was on that first Aerosmith record and things like that. Oh, my God. The funniest thing was a couple months ago, like radio stations putting out like they put out. I think it was um, Maria from In This Moment, like saying like about females with radio stations and all these radio stations put up this article. And I wanted to fucking post like. You, none of you guys will play females. I know this for a fact because you told me this. Right. A year ago. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and that's still an issue, which is hilarious when you think of like, you think of Atlanta Ford and you think of like Pat Benatar and you think of like Nita Ford. It's like. It ain't no big thing. Late for my job and the traffic was bad. Rock acts of all time have been female. Yeah, but it's and I don't like the whole fe- like, hey, I'm female. You need to play me. I hate right. that bullshit. Right. I I don't like female singers at all. I never have. Cause I hate that <laughs> whole like persona. Like I deserve this. No, you don't deserve fucking shit. Right. <laughs> Just because you got. But being told right out of the gate that we're not going to play you, which is what Arista told me the day my record was done. Oh, the day my record was done, head of radio said they weren't going to push it because I was female. It's too much work. It's crazy. You're you're at a label. No one would believe me. I was like, oh yeah, we're all they were all drinking and Mr. K's. They were smoking weed, and it was like, dude leans over. Like, I'm not gonna work you because you're too much work. I mean, was he being honest? Because he probably knew that he couldn't because he would hit a brick wall and it was gonna waste his time. That's probably what he was no. He wanted to get fired. Oh, he did. Did he get fired? Yeah, because he had a better job lined up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> After he broke another act, though. <laughs> Which act did he break before he left? Do you remember? Um, edema. Oh, crazy. 
<laughs> Breaks a demon and leaves and go gets another job. Jesus. And the- but yeah, it's it's always been funny. And like the thing is, like everyone is like, yeah, everyone now jumps on the Alice Cooper tours and you know the Aerosmith tours and all this stuff. And it's like when we took them, they were like, I'm like, why are you taking these? And it's like because no one else will, and it's a full crowd. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a it's a numbers game at that point. It's like, yeah, you might play in front of. 3,000 people and a shit ton of people or may not like you, but dude, if you can get a hundred people to dig you, next time you come back to town, those hundred people are going to come see you. That's a good club show yeah. for a beginner, you know? Yeah. But now everyone jumps on those shows. It's like, I think it's the whole thing is hilarious. I'm like, kind of started this all, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. We, we tried to get on an Alice Cooper tour in the beginning and, uh, our label that, couldn't couldn't line it up or I don't remember what it was. I think they wanted some kind of buy-in and our label was just like, we, we don't got any money. So I'm like, fuck. Oh, our label fought it. Our label didn't want us on it. Eris did not want us on the tour. Well, what, what, <laughs> what did they have a better tour? Did they have a, like, well, you should go out. No. Let's and that was our argument. We said, do you have anything better? It's like, no. It's like, well, then we're going out. Yeah. We got to go out. Cause I mean, that's the only thing. I mean, bands can break nowadays on the road. I mean, obviously it's going to be really weird now that like, the restrictions are all coming off and all of a sudden, like every day there's a ton of tours being announced for the fall and everything. And it's like, wow, okay, this is, I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like they're going to get themselves in trouble. Cause like here I've noticed like they have like three big shows, like in three weeks span in October. And I'm like, people don't have money for that. No, <laughs> like we're not, we're not getting that many tours up here because our, our, our restrictions in New York are still pretty strict. So like any tours that are coming up here, like, they're coming through here in October at an amphitheater. I'm like, dude, it could be fucking snowing here. And you guys are booking a Chris Stapleton show on uh, October 5th. Like, no, we don't do that, but they're trying. But like all the other major tours, uh, all of them are skipping here. And you're like, oh my God, they got 12 dates in Texas, <laughs> you know, 12 dates in Florida. It's like, whoa, how are they going to do that? You know, I don't know. Yeah, we have like uh, I think Shine Down one week in October. Caesar like either the same week or the week after, and some other festivals. It's like people don't have the people never had that kind of money. No, <laughs> and you're basically fishing the same pond for all all those acts that are coming through. It's the exact same. It's either three doors down and Shine Down with someone and. Yeah, and those are all the same. I don't know. It's gonna, it's going to be interesting. That's why I. I I applaud some of these bands that were just like, you know what? We're not going to go out at all this year. We're just going to wait a little bit longer because I mean, I get it. Some bands got to go out and start working, you know, money's got to be made. Cause there's some, I know there's some pretty decent sized rock stars that like had to get day jobs during all this shit. You, you know? mean so child support it. needs to be paid. Yeah. Yeah. Child support, <laughs> alimony, you know, paternity suits. Yeah, a lot of those. I know a lot of those guys. Yeah, those things. Those (laughs) things got to happen. But I mean, I applaud some of the bands that were able to be like, you know, we're just going to wait another summer. We're just going to wait until the following summer until we know things. We we got. Let's hope that it gets back there. You know. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of hoping like the whole pandemic thing would like start breaking down to like people actually listening to music and really getting back to what was really there, and it just kind of. Didn't happen. <laughs> no, I think some people just sat and waited, you know, like some people, like a lot of me, my musicians friends, like, oh, we're just going to wait. It'll be a couple more months. So a few more weeks, a couple more months. And then they just sat around not doing anything, not writing. They just were kind of waiting to come running out of the gate. Like they were a Kentucky Derby horse. 
And I'm like, man, I, don't, I think you guys are wasting your time because it's going to be a year. Why don't you like write a record or learn how to record or learn, like learn something like me. I was yeah, like, well, I'm gonna... actually make a whole record. Right. You know? I, d- I did one myself right here in my little studio in my house. I'm like, well, I got all this downtime. I'm going to start recording and learning more about recording. And majority of the record I did, I, I engineered the whole thing. A little buddy, a buddy of mine helped me produce it. And do the mixing and I did everything here and it cost me nothing. I made money the first record I sold, you know? So, and then, you know, and then it took to the whole world of Twitch and making the money on there. So it's like, man, I pivoted so much that like, I have this whole other business model now and I didn't have to run out as soon as all the gigs were coming back and be like, yeah, I'll take every gig. And most of these venues for people like me, they're playing, you know, in the corner bars, solo and acoustic gigs. A lot of these venues are like, well, we don't have the money right now to pay you the, you know, 300 guarantee. Can you play for 150 bucks now? And these people are so desperate. They're, they're going to go out and play for the 150 bucks. And then they're going to set a horrible precedence because then they're never going to get the raise again. They're not, well, the, the venue is always going to cry poverty for the rest of the time. No, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's I mean, for me, right now, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing, with, which is whatever the fuck I'm doing. Right. I don't even know what the fuck you're doing. I don't even care. It's like, as long as you're happy, that's all that matters to me, you know? It's like, I miss the stage. I do miss the stage. I miss the lights. I miss playing. It'll come back. But. I don't think you're going to be able to stay away for too long. It's too much in your blood. It's too much of who you are. I kind of like the idea, though, that I've been able to step back. Yeah. Because it has been. Because it's, it's, for me, it's been so much of who I am since I was 16 years old. When's the last time you played, a, been, when's the last time you played a show, then? Um, Five years ago, I think we did a run of dates for It's War. It turned into a fucking disaster. Oh, boy. <laughs> The bass player who made me do it, who talked to me one night when talked to Jeff and I had been drinking that night, asked me, Hey, you want to go do this? I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? Thinking I never actually had to do it. (laughs) And you had to. Yeah. He bailed like after the first show. Oh boy. (laughs) So then I had to learn all the bass parts. In a you know hotel room I think overnight. I, all right. You know what? I knew that this happened because I think I had a conversation with Jeff at some point in that time. And, and he's like, yeah, well, Lennon had to, you know, lost a bass player, had to learn how to play bass. And yeah, I'm, and you know, what? I do remember that story secondhand. Actually, I will tell you, though, a funny story that no one actually knows. All right. Tell me. I was actually supposed to play. And I, this is why I actually I want to say I'm sorry for COVID. Okay, because I am Murphy's Law. Original last name is Murphy. Everything bad that could happen always happens. Alan comes out September 11th, right? Right. I was actually going to play a big festival in Canada, Deer Creek Festival, last year with all original members (laughs) of Lennon. (laughs) Boom. Except for the drummer. Right. But the original bass player, original guitar player. And we were going to go play the festival. <laughs> yeah, can, can, can nobody. Canada's still in lockdown. They still. It's like a yeah. year ago still up there. They're like. And I will behind. actually be honest with you. I was never so happy for a pandemic in my life. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I dodged a bullet there. I don't have to do it. Oh my. Well, God. yeah, plane tickets were expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the one thing. But yeah, we were actually supposed to go play last year. I got, I had the original, I had text 
going to come out, original bass player, like original, original lineup, except for the drummer coming out. Well, once it all pulls back and Canada opens again, are you going to, are you going to, is that offer going to come back? Uh, yeah, it's always there, but I don't know if I want it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of scared what will happen next. <laughs> yeah. Another year of perspective kind of happened. You're like, ah, okay, we'll just uh, like, okay. Can the country, can the world deal with another pandemic? I kind of feel like this is my fault. <laughs> Oopsie. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to go play about a that, show folks. and that's what happened. <laughs> I put out a record and we have like, you know, September 11th and then the next time we're about to play again and then the pandemic hammocks. Yeah. Why well, you the just next time I put, the next time I put out a record, the entire, um, back end of the bus fell out. <laughs> <laughs> the day of the record came out. <laughs> yeah. That's why your that's why your last name's Murphy. That's why your last name's And then Murphy. I produced the rock record for a great band. And then I realized that the stupid record company didn't give didn't send the master the right mixes. <laughs> what band was that? Um, Surrender the Fall. That was a great band out of Memphis. <laughs> oh, we could go on all night. We could go on all night. I, Let's go to bed. Super- it's it's late. <laughs> it's it's late before we open up a whole other bag of a bag of whatever we're about to open up. But I'm gonna have to have that back on. But like I said, I was like so stoked that like you know someone. You were so excited. I couldn't wait to tag you in that, like, because my buddy Dan is such a music fan. He always loves these bands that like people forget about, and I'm so I had to tag you. So I'm gonna have to big, well, big I, shout I, out to I, Dan. I love it when people do tag me because then I can make little comments, and usually it's like 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 degrading comments to myself. So I always find it hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, they get really excited, like you answered. I'm like, you know, you could just say hi. Yeah, it's all right. I'm just I'm. Just over here trolling the internet because I got nothing bad. I'm sitting in a soccer practice for five hours. I got to do something while I'm sitting here. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being on. We're well. I'm going to keep in touch. I've I've actually missed missed talking to you quite a bit. So it'll be it'll be cool. So tell everyone I said hello. I'm going to reach out to Jeff and let him know that I uh I got no. Where is Jeff right now? Is he up in the air flying sleeping. around? Sleeping. Yep. Is he in he's the country? With the cor- yeah, he's, he's still in the country, sleeping right now with the corgi. <laughs> Perfect place for him. Perfect place. Yeah, Mulder. <laughs> Mulder the corgi. The most... Ugh, I love that dog to bits, but he's fucking nightmare half the time. I never imagined screaming Mulder stop pulling in my pants the way I imagined it now. <laughs> <laughs> I always pictured it a different way. Yeah, it's it would, and most people would, so... All right, yeah. darling, I appreciate you being on. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much, all right? No problem. You take care. All right, bye. Bye. You can see why I love talking to her, right? Like, she just, I, it might have seemed like we bounced all over the place, but, like, when I have these conversations with these musicians on here, it's like it's like getting, you know, people that played sports together, like old football buddies back together, or, like, old war buddies to get back together, and you just start, you start, oh, remember that time, remember that time, and, and I know sometimes our conversations kind of go all over the place, but I hope you guys enjoy that part of it. I enjoy it. I just like letting you guys and gals kind of, like, take a peek into what we talk about, you know, what our lives are like. 
I know that this podcast sometimes seems a little on the other side of things. Like some, most people don't have that understanding of what our, what, I, what, what it's like to be a musician, what it's like to be a touring musician, what it was like to be a musician that like had major record deals and open for these, you know, literally hall of fame, rock and roll acts. And, and um, it's a different life. So it's hard to get that perspective around it. That's why I'm, again, I, I talk about this each week now as I'm looking for the launching the, the, the rock and podcast uh, and get to the other side. And I want to keep this podcast just kind of here where you get kind of get a glimpse into everybody, you know, and our experiences. Cause we've all had these just, you know, we could go on for hours and hours and hours on what happens and are along our way and why we're there. You know, I mean, Lennon's walked away from music, you know, um, which is, I'm happy as long as she's happy, I'm happy. But part of me is like, man, I can't wait for her to come back because she's unbelievably talented. I don't think, enough people got to hear the talent that she is because I mean, you can hear so many different, what I think I relate with Lennon more than anything is me. I have the ability. I've been in brand new sin. I've had just Joe singer songwriter. I've had elephant mountain, which is more of a, a bluesy rock. You know, I've, I've collaborated with people in so many different genres of music and Lennon has that ability too. She has this ability and this, and, and not many people have that musical ability or vocal ability to cross genres. And she does. So if you guys have never checked out Lennon, go down the rabbit hole, Lennon Murphy, just Google her. And it will literally start taking you down the rabbit hole to all of her music, to her solo stuff, to the other rock projects that she did. And then from there, you'll be able to see the, some of the pop stuff that she was talking about. So um, I hope she hears the end of this. I love you, darling, so much. Thank you so much for everybody listening. And I will see you all next week. Peace out. Yeah!